Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about the intentional leader. Jen was telling me how her team had adapted during the work-from-home order. She said, I'm so proud of them. They started these morning meetings. Uh, To tell the truth, at first I was not all that fired up about them. I mean, but there was no way that I could tell them no. Oh, well, I have to tell you, they've become the best part of everyone's day, mine included. Many years earlier, Jen had been my coaching client. Nowadays, she and I had catch-up calls three or four times a year. This conversation was the first time we'd spoken since the lockdown began. There was a lot to catch up on. Continuing about her team, she said, So they declared we were going to have 30 minutes where we wouldn't talk business and we wouldn't talk virus. And wasn't going to be once a week, every morning. Now, you can imagine me. I'm sitting there smiling because I know they can all see me. And what am I doing? I'm counting up all the lost hours in my head. But, oh, Tom, it's been so much fun. And they have been so creative. I don't think we ever could have had a connection like this in the office. Time well spent. I'm glad for you, Jen. And look, I miss being in the office. I really do. I miss all those little hallway moments. I mean, I always felt that was where the real work got done anyway, not in meetings. I miss dropping by people's offices. Uh, That was certainly how I managed my team. By the way, they could be planning an armed revolt right now, and I would never know it. Oh, Jen, I said, you've managed remote employees before. Well, yeah, but the point is, I miss being in the office because I get so much juice from my team when we're together. Recently, Somebody showed me some research that says projects reach more creative solutions when more people get involved. And I heard that and it was like, yeah, I've known that since I was a little girl. Being part of a team always made me happy. And now, look at this. I'm stuck by myself in this laundry room. My creativity is in the trash. I miss my team. On the video, I saw a wave of emotion come over her. Her hand came to her mouth. I worry about them. I worry about all of us. They worry, too, about each other, about me. We're all worried, right? And I'm prone to dark thoughts anyway, so I'm just trying not to drown in worry here and try to make sure they don't drown either. She laughed. But who's helping whom? Once again, thank the team for figuring out how to overcome all those feelings. They were completely up front about the fact that everyone's a little crazy these days. And they began making time for people to talk about how they're coping. That was the question they started tossing out. How are you coping? I have to say, they have amazing stories. And you know what? They are so kind with each other. They really inspire me. Have they asked you, I wondered? Asked me how I'm coping? Oh, yes, of course they asked. Well, what did you say, I asked, that I'm not so great at it. You know, that I do a little yoga when I can, I meditate when I can, but our house is really busy with all of us in it. I mean, when I finally manage to grab a moment to myself, do you know what I do? I organize things. Old books, socks, it doesn't really matter. 
Organizing things is soothing for me. That's me coping. Well, what did the team say to that? You know, I worried that I was going to sound like some crazy old lady in the corner of a shop somewhere talking to herself, but they told me they were proud of me. They told me I was doing great. They really bucked me up. Your team sounds amazing, I said. Oh, they are. I'm lucky to have them. They help me a lot. I said, Jen, can I give you something to take to your team? It's a little video ritual, and I think they might like it. There's a little magic in it, I think. Well, sure. What is it? I learned this from Ann Gottlieb, who does presence work with Mobius Leadership. Here's what happens. Ask everyone to get on gallery view. So now everyone is in a little box next to another little box. And you ask everyone to put their palms out slowly past their shoulders until they touch the edge of their own frame, and then to try and connect their palms with the palms of the people next to them. It is a really fun, really simple way to bring focus on each other. She said, oh, I love that. Yes, I can imagine why it feels like magic. And then she said, Tom, if you were on a call with us and we asked you for a coping tool, what would you tell us? I stopped considering. Finally, I said, I think I'd suggest something that would bring people into the present moment. You, know, you talked about drowning in sadness and being anxious with worry. I think we're all grieving for the life in the past that we've lost and we worry about our life in the future that we can't see. Well, all that grief and all that worry gets softened when you come into the present moment. She nodded saying, yeah, yoga does that. Meditation does that, if I ever did them. So how do you help people get in the present? Oh my goodness, I said, there's so many ways. So here's an exercise. Set a timer for 30 minutes, then forget about it. Go do whatever you do. And when the timer goes off, you just stop and you notice three things. What am I doing right now? What feelings am I having right now? What do I notice in my body right now? She leaned towards her camera asking, am I supposed to do anything about whatever I notice? No, I said, you just notice. Don't judge, just look. It's like from a balcony. Be a focused observer. Really ask, what feelings do I have right now? Noticing your feelings forces you into the present. I mean, same with noticing your body. Your body and your feelings can only exist in the absolute right now. She asked, you know what bothers me about those three questions? If I ask them to myself, I'll just get all self-conscious. I'll be busy thinking, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that. Or what's wrong with me? Look at my body. I said, yeah. I totally understand. Listen, here's something you can try. Let's say that you notice that you're angry about something that happened. And the instant that you notice that you're angry, your critical voice kicks in and you think, oh, well, that's terrible. I shouldn't be angry. That's nothing to be angry about. I'm just being silly. She laughed. Oh, my gosh. You have known me way too long if you can quote my demons back at me that well. Oh, Jen, I said, you don't have an exclusive right on being self-critical. So here's the antidote. You ask yourself an entirely separate question, and it goes like this. Okay, I see I'm feeling angry. That's what I notice. So what? What do I choose to do about that angry feeling that I notice? What do I want to do? What's my next action? It's being 
intentional. This reminds me of that model you showed me a long time ago with the crank. I smiled, saying, whoa, yes, you remember that? Self-awareness and self-management? That's impressive. Well, she said, I don't remember the names, to be honest, but I do remember the crank. And she cranked around from 12 to 6 and 12 to 6 and 12 to 6. Remind me what the words mean again. Okay, it starts... At any given moment when you want to quiet yourself, you ask yourself the three questions. What am I doing? What feelings do I have here? What's in my body? Those questions are self-awareness questions. And self-awareness is up here. And I put my hand up high as if at 12 o'clock. And I said, and you use that self-awareness to lead you around the circle down to self-management at 6 o'clock. It's self-management is when you ask yourself the question, so what do I want to do about that angry that I noticed? Do I want to send this flaming email? Do I want to yell at my kids? Do I want to blame someone? Do I? I get to choose. I get to self-manage. Self-managing by default makes you intentional. It's like a loop, she said, going around the crank again. They're connected. I agreed that they were. Self-awareness and self-management used together accelerates people along the path called the look and sound of leadership. Wow, there's a lot in this episode. The stories about Jen's team, that is an actual team on the East Coast. They are doing all that stuff right now. You could do that with your people. There's all this stuff about getting present, being intentional, self-awareness, self-management. I would like to tell you a story about self-awareness, and I would like to tell you a story about self-management. In between, I will share some gratitude. You ready? Here's a story about self-awareness. This happened to me when I was a relatively young actor. I was in residence for the first time at a summer classical repertory company. Now, these are festivals all around North America that put on three or four plays in one summer, mostly Shakespeare plays, and they run a different play every night. And this was my first time in one of these companies as a professional actor, and I was grateful to be there, and I really wanted to do well. So I put a bit of pressure on myself. Now, I also want to just say, these are great fun summers, and they're wonderful. We did a play called Julius Caesar, a Shakespeare play. And when it opened, our director left town because he did other summer festival stuff. He was like on a circuit. We stayed and did the play. And he came back months later and came to see the play. And the question was, you know, like, how, what does the play look like to him now? Because, you know, we've been living inside of it for months. And we all know in theater, the play changes a little bit every night. So... In general, he liked the show, by the way. He thought we had done well. And he said, you might want to pick up your scripts. A lot of you are off text. Now, being off text is something that happens in Shakespeare because it's when you start speaking words that are no longer what Shakespeare wrote. And it happens. It is a thing in Shakespeare because it is so hard to keep his words in your mouth. But I knew that was a thing. And here's where the story of self-awareness begins. I had been so vigilant about this 
because I wanted to do so well, I was sure, as I heard him that night, that there must be many people who were off text, but that it sure as heck wasn't me. You know where this story's going, right? So a week or so later, I think to myself, hey, look, if you're such a hotshot and you're so sure you're right, go and prove it. And so I picked up the script. And in fact, there were many places where I was off text. And it was embarrassing and humbling. And I thought, how interesting that my brain has done this and I did not know it. And I thought I wasn't doing it. It became a real issue of self-awareness for me. It was humbling. So that's my story on self-awareness. Because by the way, right now, at this time, when we all have a lot of stress in our life, our self-awareness might be a little goofy. You never know. I am grateful this month to people in my community who have been very intentional about their safety and their health and intentional about mine, and I am grateful. I am also grateful to hear from so many of you. For some people, this is a great time for coaching, right? I'm glad if I can help. Thank you. I am grateful. And I'm grateful to those of you who have left ratings and reviews this month. Lovely words. Thank you goes out to in cast box, Todd Thompson, Vicky Hogan, and Vivek B, both in Stitcher. Thank you very much. And in Apple Podcasts from Canada, Man O Malmir, from the Philippines, BBD Strong, and from the US, Z Hanger 10. Thank you all. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for being intentional. Thanks for self managing. And that's our next story self management. Ramesh was the CFO of a medical network. The network was owned by a venture capitalist group. Every month, Ramesh and the CEO traveled to the venture capitalist office and reported out to them because the venture capitalists were the bosses. Ramesh and I were working on developing a bigger presence for him in those meetings. Now, I just want to say, Ramesh loved the coaching because, to him, it was all about self-management. And he thought of self-management as a game. He liked managing himself. So I'll, I'll give you an example of something he liked. He loved it when I would give him something super specific to do. For example, four different ideas for how to handle an interruption. He loved stuff like that. And he would practice in his head first, and then he would try it in real time. He was great at self-management. And then one day, it just felt creepy to him. It felt manipulative. It felt deceitful. It felt like a mask, like being phony. It made him completely self-conscious. This issue of being self-conscious was raised by a listener recently in an email. She wrote this great email that posed a question. Was it possible that the look and sound of leadership's tagline could be improved? Currently, the tagline is that the look and sound of leadership is designed to help you be perceived 
in the workplace the way you want to be perceived? Wouldn't the look and sound of leadership be better represented without the concern for what people think? I understood her point immediately. Instead of saying, help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived, you delete perceived in both cases and it becomes about being. Help you be in the workplace the way you want to be. This is a great question, right? Well, the way I think about it is about self-consciousness. That I think that it can be crazy-making if suddenly I am thinking about them, thinking about me, thinking, right? I mean, that's just crazy-making. Ramesh hit that moment. I think that's what this listener is referring to. He said it felt a little phony. It felt like a mask. And I asked if I could reframe the idea of a mask. I told him, yes, actually, It was a mask, but it was not a mask concealing truth. Rather, it is a mask that is a portrait of you in the future that you are trying to fill up. And every time you put it on, it fits you a little better. And you fit it a little better. It is becoming your authentic self. And it's okay if you're a little self-conscious sometimes while you are growing into the mask. That is the story about Ramesh and self-management. If you want to go deeper on this idea of self-management, there is actually a filter in the podcast archive called Managing Yourself. There's another one called Personal Growth and Self-Development. Where would you find this? It's in the archive, which is on the Essential Communications website. EssentialCom.com. It's EssentialCom with two M's, dot com. That's where you'll find the archive. If you want to call up tips by name, there are five that connect here. Combating emotional hijacks, connecting over video, inviting dialogue, self-awareness and self-management. Yes, that's a thing. And the mindful executive. All right, that's it from me. Until next time. I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.